0: this is core of the matter the public affairs forum of 90.3 the core where we explore issues that are important to rutgers and central new jersey i'm caitlin balch On September 22, 2010, Rutgers freshman Tyler Clemente ended his life by jumping off the George Washington Bridge that spans New York and New Jersey. His death came as the result of alleged cyberbullying initiated by his roommate, Darun Ravi, and fellow dorm resident, Molly Y. The two allegedly placed a hidden camera inside Clemente's room to record Clemente's homosexual encounter with another man, promoted the event on Ravi's Twitter account, and broadcast the video on the internet. Another video was allegedly planned to be shown on September 21st, the day before Clementi's death. Ravi and Y publicly outed Clementi as a gay man without his consent and are facing two counts of invasion of privacy. Clementi left a brief message on his Facebook account the day of his death, stating, Jumping off the GW bridge, sorry. This claim was verified by the discovery of his body on September 29th. This week on Core of the Matter, we will be discussing the issue of cyberbullying as it relates to homophobia in the digital age. We will, even more disturbingly, address the issues regarding the use of Clementi's death as a publicity sensation in the media to bring more attention to the issue of cyberbullying. Clementi joined a growing list of media portrayals of cyber-related suicide that served to raise awareness of these issues at the cost of the comfort for the victim's family and his personal story. I'm speaking with Jose Santiago and Andy Subs of Rutgers University's student LGBT group, Big Laroo. Welcome. So, just to start this off, how did you first hear about Tyler Clementi's death, and what was your first reaction as a student on campus?
1: Um, I actually live off campus, but um, I first heard about um, Tyler Clementi's situation before Tyler Clementi's name was attached to it. I saw on the um, Eyewitness News, because I, I, I like watching the news, and there was uh, an article about the two students, Ravi and Wee, or Why, who were been arrested for invasion of privacy um, and were being tried for five to ten years or xyz and i heard about that first i didn't hear anything about uh, an lgbt student or a suicide or any of that nature um and then the next day it came out in all the other newspapers that it was a uh, um the student had committed suicide or we had they hadn't found his body yet but they assumed that he committed suicide so that was the next day and then i found out everything that everybody found out so um, I first found out about Tyler Clemente um,
2: actually on Anderson Cooper's CNN show. It was after all uh, the entire situation had been fleshed out and um, they had placed it as part of a pattern because I think um, four other um, young men had already um, committed suicide in a similar manner. So um, it was very disturbing, but um, held special significance, obviously, since um, I'm a Rucker student, and um, it was a community
1: that I was involved in.
0: And how did Big Laroo as an entity respond to the suicide?
1: The week we had found out about Tyler Clemente's death, um, his suicide, uh, Big Laroo had planned to, um, we had a uh, an event planned that Wednesday, because we meet on Wednesdays. We had an event planned, but we ended up canceling our event for a rally, a rally that one of the um, LGBT liaisons of the university had decided to create um, that that same night. So we canceled the event that we had for that night and um, we got together. We spoke a little bit about Tyler Clemente's situation. We shared resources with our students, CAPS, uh, counseling, um, and psychological services, um, if anybody needed anybody to talk to. And we just shared information and resources. And after that, we got together. We started a walkout out of Voorhees Hall, walked with our rainbow flag up in front uh, with me, myself, and my other co-president ronnie ald and we just walked all the way over to um to brower commons um where we were chanting all the way there and then once we got there we had a a lay down um in front of Rocker student center which got a, a quite a bit of media attention but our the die-in that's that's the name of it, the die-in <laughs> um and we got a lot of attention we were trying mostly that night to get President McCormick's attention because we were that that night we were trying to make our voices heard for a safe space for LGBT students on campus um, because we have been taught we had talked to um, the university in the past about having a, a safe space for students to To call home and um we've been denied for that they're saying that our university has been safe and welcoming which to an extent it is um but i i i would agree with the majority of lgbt student leaders that there needs to be some change and that was the purpose of that event and that's how big larue reacted that day
2: um i actually wasn't in new brunswick at the time that it happened or at the time when uh big larue sort of mobilized (laughs) this response so um all, all of the information that I was getting about not only um, the event itself, but also Bigler's activities were um, mediated through the media, um, which, of course, capitalized on um, like sensationalist activity like the die-in and um, the events leading up to his suicide without very much background, um, very fixated on the actual events that could get them coverage.
0: The students held a candlelit vigil last night, I believe, uh, Sunday night at 7 p.m. on College Avenue at Brower Commons. And uh, when they held in the die-in earlier that week at the same location, what did you hope that those gatherings would say to either the public or the university? Because you said that you do want to get President McCormick's attention about the, the issue of safe space on campus. What would this say to the public more so?
1: I think the, uh, the greater purpose of both events was to... Um, to react together as a community, to to react together as a, a unified body, um, and I think the reason that I was there and I was a part of those those events was because I wanted to make sure that any student who may have been in, um I don't, I'm not a similar situation as Tyler Clemente because I I think his his situation was um, is uh, uncommon hopefully at least uncommon. But any student who may be in the closet, struggling with finding themselves or facing bullying of any sort, I wanted to make sure that they knew that they weren't—they were not alone—and um, I knew that all of those members of our community and even people outside of our communities, like allies, um, being there present, um, were showing their support to students um, like that. And for the first event, the die-in. <laughs> um, we, we seek to get President McCormick's attention, and and we'd have. We're going to be meeting with him within the next week, so I'm excited about that because at least I know that we were heard. And then last night, the candlelight vigil, I think it served a greater purpose for us to really mourn Tyler Clemente's death just because we've been very busy um, deciding how we wanted to react to the situation. A lot of media coverage has um, askew, askewed the, the views of what's happening at Rutgers, and nobody... I've seen very little people who have actually paid attention to this student who took his life, or um, very little to the to the student um, who, who who committed suicide because as a, as a as an act of being bullied because he because he was an LGBT student, or 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 not a, or not even not even that. Just I wanted people to pay more attention to him. A lot of people were using him as a as a way to to push other agendas, and I think last night we really honored him, which is what I wanted to do. So.
0: This is Core of the Matter on 90.3 The Core. I'm Caitlin Balch. I'm speaking with Jose Santiago and Andy Stubbs from the student group Big on Rutgers campus about cyberbullying and homosexuality in the digital age as it relates to the story of Tyler Clemente, a student at Rutgers University. I did want to go over um, the issues of... The publication of Clemente's death, and also about the emails that Richard McCormick sent, as well regarding um, his death, and also the crimes that the bullies are supposed to be supposed to be uh, indicted for, I believe, which are two counts of invasion of privacy. Do you think that these emails to the student body? really did anything for the student body do you think that they negatively or positively affected the responses to his death and also I know that you were saying about the media how the media affected how other people are really thinking of him as a symbol rather than as a person in himself do you think that in a way these emails were simplifying the issue or were in some way trying to trying to peaceably phase the issue into a more tolerable topic I guess you could say
1: well, to be like totally honest, I know that I I got that email, but I don't know even know if I actually read it. As a result of all the other things that were going on in my life last week, including unifying Biglareu for for Tyler Clemente's death, I don't I don't I really didn't check that email. Who is he trying to address? I think he President McCormick or anybody in in a in a. A higher power role at any university knew that he had an obligation to address the student body on this issue um, whether it was a small-scale issue or or there was national coverage all over he had he had he has an obligation to address the community and I think that's what he did I don't I didn't like I said I haven't read the email and I'm now I'm gonna make sure I go home and immediately read it but I think he was just doing what he needed to do and I wouldn't be surprised if if that if that was the case that President McCormick was trying to, dumb it down a little bit, um, because uh, what I've sp- uh, what I've spoken to other members, um, other members of our community about President McCormick, and it, it hasn't always been very supportive of our community. Um, some people feel very left out as a result of President McCormick. So, um, and then you asked about the media. I'm just I'm very angered by a lot of the media coverage because, like I said, a lot of people just didn't seem to care about the actual student. They were all um, using him. Um, a lot of a lot of uh, I feel like a lot of organizations are, are using his death to push their own agendas, and I really don't care to mention any of them um, just because I don't want to um, do that to myself. <laughs> but the the media just makes. Is making it into this this I, I I can't I don't even know what I mean honestly I don't know how I'm supposed to be saying it. Um,
2: well, first to address the email, um, I th- I think there were two, um, two at least that I read. So, I really think that, especially in an institution like Rutgers that is so large, both in terms of diversity but also student population, there's often um, an antagonism between the students and the administration. Um, that's very well known. The administration is. Very, I guess, very attuned to the fact that um, it has to stay in lockstep with the student population. And um, I think that, yeah, the emails did, they were an outpouring of sort of like a solidarity with the students and saying that, um, yes, we do understand this is a very important issue and we need to comment on it and this is a dialogue that we do need to have. But at the same time, I do believe that it was an oversimplification. I mean, while, while touching that he um, would send an email on the subject and reach out to students and let them know that there's a new dialogue on civility that's opening up and the, the focus on creation of safe spaces, I, I still think that um, it was completely um, void of, of any analysis of of. Any type of content that would allow us to sort of view this as um, a true tragedy about a human being. It was sort of cursory and um, something that you would read sort of in a news article, a summary and then an explanation of what Rutgers is doing, sort of um, a very cut and dry email. That's not, you know, to blame him and say that it should have been, you know, this um, very sad elegy, um, which it should be, but in email format, I think that it was. Um, it was what needed to be done um, to show that the administration does view this impact as very serious and understand how it affected the Rutgers community at large. Um, in terms of the media in general, I I think, of course, the media didn't handle this in the way that it should have. I mean, that's a that's a very uh, strong judgment call to make because you know what may have been um, what I perceive as wrongly covered is you know different from every other person's but I still think that again there's a focus um, a real drive for sensationalism to um you know sort of take this story and use it as a political football not necessarily on behalf of political groups but also the media in general to generate coverage to generate interest and I think that what's truly troubling is um this Tyler Clemente story has sort of been um cut into sort of a unit that they say fits into a bigger pattern, which is very, very troubling because now when you go onto the New York Times website or CNN's website or um, even uh, commentary websites like Huffington Post and things of that nature, um, instead of hearing about actual stories, we just see headlines like Seventh Student. Committed suicide within three weeks, um, fifth student. Um, Things like that, where they're not even being mentioned by name in the headlines, show that the media focuses more on the pattern as opposed to the individual, which I think is a very troubling trend.
0: And that actually opens up a very good issue about uh, how the media is portraying these people as uh, objects. They're objectifying them in the media to both further further the idea um, and the problem, the issue, of cyberbullying, of any bullying um, in general, but at the same time, while doing that, you're, you're paring down a person to their barest aspects. You're paring Tyler Clemente down to a violin player who was 18 years old, who lived on Bush campus in Davidson Hall, and that was kind of it. This is Core of the Matter on 90.3 The Core. I'm Caitlin Balch. I'm speaking with Jose Santiago and Andy Stubbs from the Rutgers student organization Big LaRue about the incidence of cyberbullying and homosexuality in the digital age as it relates to the Tyler Clemente story in Rutgers. So, as he was used as a symbol, uh, I wanted to bring up the issue of uh, the 1998 case of Matthew Shepard um, as well as the other cases that have been going on recently this year uh, with the one 13-year-old, I believe two 13-year-olds and a 15-year-old who all committed suicide as results of cyberbullying as well, which they committed suicide and Matthew Shepard uh, was murdered over his being gay. Basically, connecting these two cases, uh, or rather four cases, uh, together and talking about what how the media has used them as symbols. One of the girls who has committed suicide, whose parents became very, very involved in her cause, very involved in the cyberbullying issue, have recently made ways in legislation in her state, I believe, of Massachusetts, to instate new laws about cyberbullying. And also, this ties in as well with the, the legislation of hate crimes, uh, the legislation of hate crimes, through 1998 and beyond, obviously. So how do these legislations both hurt and help these communities? Because you are still addressing the issue, but as you said before, everyone really gets swept up in the number of the suicide that they are, and they're branded with an objective use of who they are and not necessarily their personal stories, because everyone's personal story is going to be different. So I'll give this over to Jose.
1: And just because I know Andy is a poli-sci... Um, major who graduated last year. I'm going to pass this off to Andy first because I know he's dying to get it on this. Um, thank you, Jose. Um, <laughs>
2: yes, I do think that um, it's a very important discussion that we do need to have because um, when we look at political situations, especially when we're talking about legislatures passing laws dealing with hate discrimination. Um, Things of that nature. We see that um, in order for anything to happen politically, there has to be some sort of um, social movement behind it in order for it to even be fully realized. While tragic events like this really do impact communities very, very deeply and impact families even more, these these tragedies do serve as rallying points within certain communities in order to um, not only bring attention to. The problem that we face socially, but also as rallying points within legislatures to show concrete examples of this type of discrimination. That really, I think, is the key point that um, delineates activism and actual legislation is we can sit here talking about um, discrimination and bigotry and hatred that happens towards not only um, the LGBT community, but also other communities at large. But um, it's all largely abstract and it's all largely just words until we see um, concrete examples within communities of this bigotry, this hatred, this discrimination manifest itself. And um, those concrete examples of how this abstract discrimination happens are really when we get action. Um, as horrible as that is, that's the way that our, our democracy functions is the people are motivated by things that they are aware of. Um, and while these are horrible tragedies that um, affect families, affect friends, and um, do largely tend to be about patterns, about not the individual itself, but about a certain characteristic of the individual Unfortunately, those are the circumstances that bring awareness to cases that allow these things to happen, allow legislatures to become aware of these problems and pass laws. But obviously, there's a deep problem in the fact that tragedies like this have to occur, that this abstract has to become concrete before we take action. Because instances like these shouldn't happen to begin with. Not only the fact that we look at Tyler Clemente and from a media perspective and see a good story, or that we look at Tyler Clemente and say, oh, he's a, a violin playing 18-year-old homosexual. Things like that, reducing them to um, characteristics that we can use to exploit politically is horrible. It's objectifying and it shouldn't happen. But I think that's largely what politically is become the norm and in terms of the media has been the norm for a long time. So yeah, I think it's an antagonism, and I think it's problematic. But um, it, it happens, and there's no solace in the fact that it will. It, there's no. There's no solace in the fact that it will cause political change, and that it can be used to cause political change. But um, ultimately, communities come together in these events and use these events as shows of solidarity in order to pass reforms like this.
0: And I know Jose that you were a little bit more uh, aggravated by this issue, and specifically that the national attention and the attention that he has been getting through the media has been wrong, both in the ways that you have said as well, but also in other ways. Do you want to add to that as well?
1: I was going to say, um, with what Andy said, I I agree wholeheartedly. That's why I let Andy take take the reins on that before I did, because um, he would have said it better. But um, it's sad that that is the way that things have to work in, in, in this country, and I'm not sure, but maybe for the rest of the whole world, but um, something... Really um, negative needs to happen in order for something positive to happen, and most of the time it needs to be a negative occurrence multiple times before um, the message is is clear cut and and made into, um, and manifested into an actual form of activism and i I found myself just very angered with a lot of national attention um, focused on tyler clemente 's death because again nobody nobody seemed to care about the student everybody was just using him for whatever for whatever personal reasons that they may have personal business related private people were using him and that was very aggravating to me because uh i hear i think about him and he was a student and he's a student that i can relate to um and i think almost any lgbt student could relate to because we've all been in similar situations being in the closet and being afraid of um, who's going to find out and when they're going to find out and are they going to disown you. And um, I feel for him, and, and I feel that that might be one of the reasons that I was so upset with um, the media coverage is because none of those people um, seemed that they could actually relate to Tyler um, and his story. And I just found myself very angered with one particular individual and in person who is very well known in the media, and I'm not going to say his or her name, But they had gotten in contact with us, and by us I mean um, Big LaRue, the Big Executive Board, and um, asked to do an interview about Tyler Clemente, but asked to do it on the George Washington Bridge. And that just sent me off my rocker. (laughs) Um, I was so offended when I heard that, um, and needless needless to say that I will never support this he or she ever again. But it's just, that's just an example of, of one of the cases that is. It, it makes me just so angry. But coming back to the core of the issue again, uh, something uh, uh, negative things need to happen more than once, sadly, in order for some, a positive change to occur. And I'm, I'm personally hoping that Tyler Clemente does not die in vain, um, and that we can really. I don't want to say use his death because that makes me sound like I'm just like the rest of the media. But I want to make sure that he does not die in vain and that something positive can come out, that we can educate people, at the very least educate people, um, make some kind of legislation that can protect people who are in Tyler Clemente's situation in the future and truly move the LGBT community toward equality, maybe towards the point where the letters don't have to exist. (laughs) That's what I'm looking forward to.
0: This is Core of the Matter on 90.3 The Core. I'm Caitlin Balch. I'm speaking with Jose Santiago and Andy Stubbs from the student group Big on Rutgers campus about cyberbullying and homosexuality in the digital age as it relates to the story of Tyler Clemente, a student at Rutgers University. You mentioned the issue of coming out on a scale that um, the rest of you uh, as LGBT students were able to identify with. The issue of coming out, the uh, the implications and the difficulties within coming out within your own families, within the schools, um, within any of your friends as well, and within your own social groups. Clementi was actually publicly outed through the release of that online video. So how do you believe that how do you believe that that might have changed how regular LGBT students would come out because, uh, A, uh, it was an invasion of privacy and he was outed without his consent on a massive scale, but also how does the Internet, because we are going to talk about cyberbullying, um, and this is the crux of the issue, so how does cyberbullying, and specifically this issue, as you're outing somebody to, to the world almost, um, how does that change the, the insecurity the unsureness and also the fear um, that people feel when coming out.
1: Well, like I had said in the Targum, and I'm assuming that's why you mentioned it. Um, I was, uh, I spoke to the Targum after the vigil, um, and spoke about the, the the process that is coming out of the closet, and um, it's just so um, emotional, and packed of full of emotion, is what I mean. Not just like sadness; it's just um, an insane. Flux of emotion, um, and I know that that um, it's that that one thing, that one process that really unites um, the LGBT community is that we all have to go come out of the closet. It's 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 a rite of passage. Some families are more accepting than others, and that's great for those people. I hope those people feel blessed. But it's something we all have to go through, and it's a very dark and scary time for anyone. And um, I'm hoping that there exists in the future a day when that doesn't that doesn't have to be either because um, as long as coming out of the closet is is a, is a rite of passage that every LGBT student has to go through, um, then that means that we are different from the general norm. and if we were never different from from what is considered the norms of society, then Tyler Clemente would have never been outed and Tyler Clemente would have never have committed suicide. And I think that would have been the best way for all of this to have gone, and and for someone to have been shoved out of the closet because to be outed on the internet on a website where global uh, global hands could reach anywhere from from a, around the world, as long as you have a computer and internet access, you could have found this video. I'm assuming you must have been shoved out of the closet, and that must have been just so so charged with with. Crazy emotions, just and 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 it's just sad that Tyler Clemente had no other idea of um, no other uh, method of finding a way to handle all of that other than committing suicide by jumping off of off the George Washington Bridge, and that was his way of dealing with it. And it's very sad, but that we all have when we're in the closet. It's 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 uh you, we're not we're not always thinking straight. We're always in my in my um. Uh, personal experience we're all thinking pessimistically um which is not a very healthy way to live and it's just uh saddens me that tyler had to do that because i know that if he would have held on for a little longer um he would have seen how beautiful the world could have continued to be as soon as coming out of the closet would have been over for him andy i i have a much different perspective
2: um than jose but um I think that it's a dialogue that we need to have. I think that um, largely as a result of society, but also the way that um, the LGBT community has been um, developing, especially after um, pretty important events like the Stonewall riots and um, how the Gay Liberation Front, basically throughout the the community's history, um, the emphasis has truly been Rather than um, expressing identity or um, identifying with other members of your community, the the real emphasis has been on coming out, because coming out will increase awareness of the cause. It will it will uh, broaden the community's horizons, and I think that's very problematic. That um, the emphasis has been on the act of coming out and this this idea of the closet, because in reality. Identity. whether we're talking about Tyler Clemente's identity, which I, I can't speak to, obviously, because um, you know, I'm not him. But the idea of identity being able to change so rapidly based on this idea of coming out of the closet, to me, it really reinforces how, um, how traumatic it can be when somebody is, quote-unquote, outed. The fact that not only is it emphasized within mainstream society as, Oh my gosh! You know, so and so was just outed. It's also emphasized very heavily within the LGBT community as sort of your rite of passage. The idea that so much importance out of an entire identity, out of an entire life, is placed on this one event, truly does create situations where um, being outed can be horribly traumatic. So I think that that's something that we need to, um, as a community, but also as individuals, need to work. Against and bring awareness to is that this this one event, while it is important in some people's lives, may be not as important or not important at all in other people's lives. And um, by placing such emphasis on it, it really does create a situation where if it's done against your will, it can truly lead to horrific consequences. But at the same time, uh, linking it back with cyberbullying, the idea that this invasion of privacy resulted in him being quote-unquote outed is... um, is disgusting to begin with. Privacy is so important, especially within um, American society. It's very highly valued. So the idea that this sort of invasion of privacy could result in such a traumatic act, and not only does that happen, it happens on the Internet for everyone to see, for everyone to access, and um, basically for it to be circulated and has some sense of, um, it adds a sense of permanency to the outing. It, it completely removes control of the individual over his or her ability to control what is being said about his or her identity. And I think that's truly traumatic. Can I make a judgment call as to whether that was the cause of um, Tyler Clemente's suicide? No, of course not. But in, in general, I'm seeking in broad abstract terms. That is very traumatic. And the fact that it can happen over the internet so easily is a very volatile situation.
0: This is Core of the Matter on 90.3 The Core. I'm Caitlin Balch. I'm speaking with Jose Santiago and Andy Stubbs from the student group Big Laroo on Rutgers campus about cyberbullying and homosexuality in the digital age as it relates to the story of Tyler Clemente, a student at Rutgers University. So my next question about being outed to the public on a massive scale, as opposed to being outed against your will uh, not on the Internet, uh, how those things differ as well, I'm going to go to a specific incident about coming out in general, about talking about coming out, and uh, as well as it being something that the core has dealt with before last spring. Uh, Jose, I knew that you were a guest on one of our DJ shows called The Free Experience last spring. And during your interview, she received numerous hate calls and instant messages talking about either members of the gay community, uh, members of the LGBT community at large, and also about representing the gay community. Uh, apparently, lots of people either are representing the entire community in a way that um, is not likable. And also there are many people who are still very intolerant of this community. Um, just going about the Internet and talking about those issues that it can provide both solace and negative emotions with. Um, How do you think the internet enables people to bully others and why would this still go on despite the advancements in tolerance and gay rights throughout our country? Because I know that there were very very affronting responses that she did need to address to negate all of the hate speech that you were specifically experiencing in that aspect and what I wanted to get to was more so how, how tolerance as a whole is not equally felt across the country and just speculation on why um, and also people who would even support this death people who would support um, this kind of this kind of degradation of somebody for sport and why it's still sport to to degrade somebody of some other sexual orientation ethnicity and oppress somebody who's just not like yourself
1: um, well I think the, the issue about uh, cyberbullying or um Anything that can happen on the internet is that it can happen throughout the, it, the... The internet connects the entire world. And let's not talk about the entire world because it's too big. Um, we'll just talk about the whole country. And we know that the we're all very well aware that I think a majority of the country is not in favor of LGBT rights. Same-sex marriage, equality... Or just respect. Are <laughs> just dealing with respect. A lot of a, a, the majority of the country is not all for that. And the thing about the internet is that um, the internet is the meeting ground of everyone, um, anyone from any background, from any system of beliefs, from any state or um, any historical background <laughs> can meet, and that gives the uh, the person who's being subjected on the internet who's being the, who the subject of whatever on the Internet uh, has the, the, this negative opportunity comes about that anyone from any corner of our country can put in their two cents about their issue. Um, so that makes, you know, um, I'm going to go with a lot of people are still very ignorant. And it, it's something that a, a lot of people are going to have to, t- to learn and grow with I, I think it's just like uh, I hear a lot of people how they talk about um, a government and politics you just got to wait for some people to die out so we can experience some change and that's how I see it <laughs> I don't know if that's the greatest way to put it, but that's how I feel about it. I think that our our country as a whole will one day be moving more toward inequality and I don't want to say tolerant because tolerance says that you have to put up with us but g- general equality and it just stinks that um you're able to more clearly see intolerance on the internet because there's no there's very uh, very rarely um any system of um, censorship or respect and the thing about the internet is you can always be anonymous as well um so you can say whatever you want, most likely with no repercussions and that's sad Andy, would you care to say something
2: I largely with respect to what um, Jose was speaking about, um I think the internet really is the new forum to express especially for um, new generations to express themselves it's a universal forum but at the same time that's problematic in that um, there are very hateful very ignorant things that are said on the internet and and it's awful i think largely this is a product of a sort of universal population now being able to use it for example, I didn't grow up here, to use a personal example. I grew up in suburban Texas. Um, it's a very different community, not only in terms of who is there, but also in terms of beliefs and um, sort of all, all types of politics. And I think that that's truly what we're seeing here, especially on the East Coast. You know, the coasts are um, fairly well represented in the media as being more tolerant, whatever that's supposed to mean, more progressive, um, more progressive, more diverse. So what we're seeing here, rather than ignorance and um, bigotry and hatred, is really, I think, a product of privilege. There are a bunch of people within communities that um, not only haven't ever been exposed to an LGBT individual, but also... um, the only type of messages that they're receiving about this community are through, through media outlets that probably don't have the best interests in mind. Um, they're based on sensation and based on the sort of intolerance that we're speaking of. So when you have um, communities that are very insulated, um, that, that aren't exposed to these ideas, except through um, outlets that are very, very negative in nature towards the LGBT community, what we're seeing here is this type of ignorance um, manifest itself on the internet. We see people who probably have never even been in dialogue with a member of this community, yet making very overbroad generalizations about the community and also about individuals. And, um, it's very threatening, I guess, to see a perspective that's different from your own if you haven't been exposed to different perspectives and grown up in a community that all shares one either political or religious or any type of ideology. To, to see a different perspective would be very threatening. So what I see here really is an ignorance and um, a type of privilege that um, once exposed on the Internet to other opinions, these people lash out. Um, they have very negative reactions, and unfortunately – it tends to be towards communities that they're either not familiar with or have been told negative things about, um, which is unfortunate. And um, the more the internet picks up, um, I think we'll see cyberbullying towards specific communities decrease because awareness will increase, but I still think that the internet is a forum where there is it's, it's lawless, essentially, it's permanent, and it's largely anonymous. Um, so any, any type of aggression that we see normally on a, on a schoolyard um, can now be translated onto the internet and with horrific consequences
0: about that kind of schoolyard on the internet, you could say, that does depersonalize the people talking, um, both the people who are receiving this harassment and the people giving the harassment as well. How, in that fact, does that change the the issues of bullying that wouldn't be necessarily face-to-face? Um, we actually, uh, I, I referenced before, the 13- and 15-year-olds who um, who committed suicide as well at a very, very young age solely and I I say this solely because this is in the media as well, um, perceived to be solely because of negative backlash that they were dealing with as children. Um, You know, the administrations uh, were negatively looked upon because they either ignored or did not take upon themselves the severity of the issues. Uh, But also, um, when you are bullying somebody in Event in an avenue that is largely anonymous, like you said, um, and is largely something that um, can be ignorant when used inappropriately because it's so large. You can only have very small pockets of thought that you would be going to yourself. Um, I do believe that one of the one of the parents who uh, who initiated the harassment of one of the 15 year old girls who committed suicide. I believe she hanged herself in Massachusetts, and the mother herself created a MySpace account with her daughter just in order to taunt this girl because of petty 15-year-old fights that these girls have been having. So how does, that, how does that more largely affect the person-to-person bullying that we've seen in the past that, yes, does have consequences and, yes, does have a lot of hurt on people, but as you said, this was permanent, um, and you can revisit those messages, revisit that hate all the time. So can you comment on that?
2: Um, sure. I, I do think that this is a very, very um, large issue, especially um, when we talk about the Internet. I think that um, it's important to emphasize the importance of social networking sites on the Internet. Largely, I'd say a, a great portion of kids our age and younger use the Internet for social networking, and that's really where a lot of this damage happens. I think it's it's different than schoolyard bullying um, for several reasons the first of which is and i think that's probably one of the most important is that it follows you home you it, when you're being bullied at school also there's a clear authority figure you can go to and that authority figure will hopefully address the situation and it ends when you go home to hopefully a, a supporting family that um, allows you to recuperate um in this situation not only is there no authority figure on the internet but um there's no one you can go to to address the issue that can actually get the comments deleted or can stop this person from harassing you, but also is the fact that you can't you can't get away from it as long as you're on this social networking site. you know while you may be bullied at school, then you come home and the same person is also bullying you via the internet and um, it sort of I think creates a feeling of hopelessness like there's no there's no way that I can stop this from happening. There's no um, delineation as to, like, it is, like, yes, I'm being bullied here, but at least I have an escape to where I can go home with um, supporting peers. Um, it's, it's sort of a universal feeling of inescapability, which I think is really, really um, problematic.
1: Andy basically said everything that I was thinking, but I just again to reiterate, like if you're being bullied online, wh- where do you go? How do you deal with that issue? How do you plan to stop that? Is the issue there's there's no one to go to for that that for that situation, um, and like Andy said, it does it follows you home when you turn on your computer, it'll probably be right there, and I think th- those are the issues with that. And the internet is a public domain, and anyone can put on put onto the internet whatever they want. There is no restriction, um, and there's a limited repercussion. So what's stopping anyone from bullying on the Internet?
0: This is Core of the Matter on 90.3 The Core. I'm Caitlin Balch. I'm speaking with jose santiago and andy stubbs from the Rutgers lgbt group big LaRue. and we are speaking together today about the issue of cyberbullying as it relates to homophobia in the digital age and we are also addressing the publicity sensation in the media about rucker student tyler clementi's death and how it relates to both cyber-related suicide and also raising awareness while still costing the comfort for the victim's family and their own personal stories. So I'd like to tie in these other discussions of both how the Internet is used for cyberbullying and how it is elusive in the way that it can hurt and both, uh, both harm and help people as well. Going back to how the media has really changed... The thrust of this story, uh, the meaning of who Tyler was and really, really the issues that were at hand about his story. Uh, Recently, um, in the past at Rutgers specifically, we've had other suicides um, years past and also one previously, I believe, last spring. And this story specifically was given much more attention because of uh, specifically and presumably because that Tyler Clemente associated or was associated not associated himself with a minority group. So in that sense, how how does this present itself as a story that shared many of the same things as other, as other suicides have at Rutgers over the past years, but also at the same time, um, how is this delineated as something different or something even more sensational or that should be recognized more specifically because he is a member of the mi- minority?
1: I'm honestly, I, I, I'm not completely um, confident I understand why a Tyler Clemente's situation is being given um, such a special um spotlight um differentiated from previous um students who have been cyberbullied or regular bullied or what what have you who have also committed suicide I'm not, I'm not quite sure why but if I would have to think about it um I I guess it it would have to deal with the situation that of this this level of uh disrespect I guess that ha- um was that uh, that is a part of his story that the that his roommate took to recorded him having um sexual relations with another man posted that on the internet i guess um i i feel like uh the reason that this may have been so big is just that um that that might have what uh, uh gotten the story the story excuse me that's not how i want to address tyler clemente that may have been what had gotten tyler's specific situation a bit more attention but it, i think it was once certain leaders recognized that there was a trend in students who have been bullied, um, cyber-bullied, and who have uh, have committed suicide, that they realized that there was a tr- uh, a trend um, and then that this really became a big deal because you would notice it in many of the articles or... Um, reports that are being made about Tyler Clemente a lot of them are mentioning other students who have also committed suicide as a result of bullying or being an LGBT member Um, the stories about Tyler Clemente are not just about Tyler Clemente they are about a greater pattern throughout the United States and uh, I think Ellen DeGeneres did a good job of (laughs) of addressing that and I love Ellen DeGeneres.
2: I I agree that um, certainly there is an increased presence in, um, these stories currently, um, especially considering, I believe he was either the fourth or fifth student in recent weeks to have committed suicide. So certainly when we see, um, a trend such as that, um, the media certainly capitalizes on it, but it also shows that truly there is something wrong within society. Um, but also, I, tr- I truly think that um, within this quote unquote trend within this group of students that um, have committed suicide the Tyler Clemente story truly has gained national spotlight as um, it's become more fixated on him and I'm not sure I entirely understand why but I think that it 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 results sort of by um the political environment and the social environment that we are that we are at right now as a country where um, we're, we're very polarized. There are certainly people who hold very strong views about certain communities. And um, I think that the fact that he was indeed a member of the LGBT community, self-identified or not, I'm not sure. But the fact that he's being portrayed as such certainly did bring a special attention to it from the media but also, I think that his story received a lot more capitalization because there were two major issues the media fixated on: not only um, even not only his membership within a minority community, but also the invasion of privacy itself, because that truly the, the intersection between a violation of privacy and a member of a minority community really brings attention to how society as a whole can really impact an individual in a really, really negative way and do so with without, um, without very many consequences. So I think the fact that um, it combined two key issues that um, American society is very polarized on and is, is very conscious of at the moment capitalized Tyler Clemente's um, tragedy within within the media as a whole. Obviously, I don't think it was in a positive way. Um, It was in an objectifying way, in an exploitative way, but um, capitalized nonetheless.
0: This is Core of the Matter on 90.3 The Core. I'm Caitlin Balch. I'm speaking with Jose Santiago and Andy Stubbs from the student group Big on Rutgers campus about cyberbullying and homosexuality in the digital age as it relates to the story of Tyler Clemente, a student at Rutgers University. Also, Jose, uh, you spoke of Ellen DeGeneres, and actually that was a great segue into a different question that I had as well. The public figures in the LGBT community and also members of the community as well who had previously not added themselves, specifically former Governor Jim McGreevy commented on the case as well. And also what you said, Ellen DeGeneres as well commented on that. And uh, do you believe that they're responding adequately as public figures to this? Because I know that you spoke of the media as not responding adequately nor sensitively to this issue. But at the same time, do members of the LGBT community are automatically okay by publicizing this event or by speaking on this event or is it organizations that are not part of that minority that could be considered as capitalizing on this issue Um, because I know that you were saying about another media organization who did approach you in a very unsensitive sort of way or insensitive sort of way excuse me that um, they wanted to interview you on the George Washington Bridge where he jumped to his death so in that aspect do you believe that in any way um, any members of the media, uh, no matter if they connect themselves with the LGBT community, could in some way misrepresent these stories?
1: I think that the people who are mostly misrepresenting these stories are the the individuals or groups who, um, who are unable to relate to Tyler Clemente and his story or real, who are really truly interested in getting the real story and trying to be empathetic toward him. And I don't think all public uh, public figures, on the other hand, though, the ones who are coming and speaking out, I think that they are more empathetic and more understanding, or at least try to be. Ellen DeGeneres, I think, did the greatest job that I have seen so far of addressing the situation because we all know she's a member of the LGBT community and she really was able to relate to what happened to Tyler Clemente as a, as a member of our community who I'm sure uh, must have dealt with some of the same issues that Tyler and myself may have. I think that's, that's one of the reasons why I appreciated what Ellen DeGeneres had been saying. But then the um, media group who I had mentioned before who asked for the interview on the bridge, I'm I'm pretty confident that that um, that group um, is supportive of LGBT rights, but they weren't they weren't really interested in trying to understand what was happening or be empathetic toward our situation. They really just cared about getting their story, and that's how it seemed. They wanted to get as many public eyes as they could on themselves, and I think that was selfish. And some people get it. Some people really understand. Um, why this is a serious issue and why it should be taken and handled with care, and some people just don't. And I'll try to be less angry with the ones who don't.
0: (laughs) And I do have a last question that can adequately and succinctly wrap this up, Um, and this will be something uh, to both of you as well. Um, As members of the LGBT community, had you not known that Tyler Clemente was a part of that community at the time when his body was recovered or if that was made a much smaller case In this issue um, when the story broke nationally would you as a collective had reacted as strongly as you were doing so now or rather uh, to rephrase the question how in being a part of this kind of community and to plausibly and let's say for example let's say that he was not a part of your community um, how would you think that this story would have been presented or people would have reacted differently who would have been at that
1: candlelit vigil um, I had mentioned this before to um, I don't remember somebody at the the die in um, rally we had um, last week. I think that if uh, if Tyler Clemente was not um, grouped in with the LGBT community because we we don't know how he how he identified um, and we don't want to put a label on him that he may not have wanted to have on himself. Though I think it, uh, I think that if if Tyler would have. Had to choose if he was a if he, he did identify with our community or not he may have identified, but um, regardless of the point, I think if this student was a heterosexual i don 't think the series of events would have played out anywhere near this in the same in the same way that they had done because he was um, an LGBT student um, I think if he was um, a heterosexual male who would fit the schema of a typical heterosexual male. Um, He may have reacted in anger, irritation, frustration, humiliation. But I don't think that a a heterosexual male would have seen no better way to handle the situation than to commit suicide. I think because Tyler was an LGBT student, the repercussions of having a sexual act between him and regardless of who else, it was just in in this specific case, it was a man, was different for him because this this was a private matter to him, a very private matter to him. I wouldn't doubt that Tyler Clemente was still trying to figure out who he was, um, how he wanted to identify, what this meant for his life, for his family, for his friends, for all of that. And to be outed, as we've been using the word, and to support Andy, I'll put quotes around that, outed, quote-unquote. That is what makes this story different, is that he was outed which is, again, something that I don't think many heterosexuals would be able to to empathize with. And to be outed on such a national, global, a large scale, must have just been such a great pressure, um, too great of a pressure for Tyler Clemente to have dealt with. Um, so I think, bottom line, is that this... A lot of people have been questioning why is this an lgbt issue it just happened to be a member of your community um and i think that this would not have happened if tyler was not L- an lgbtqia um wait it got those all confused lgbtqqia member if he was a heterosexual i highly doubt that any of this would have happened and that's why this is an lgbt issue and this is why we are addressing it and this is why we are rallying and fighting and supporting and doing things we can to make sure our community is heard.
2: I, I agree largely. I think that um, especially since we uh, obviously aren't um, aware of any type of identifications that he would have personally made um, that the, the idea that the, that the LGBT uh, community immediately reached out and sees this as an issue really um, demonstrates how um, especially within this particular community the idea of where the divisions are drawn between what is within this community and what is without this community really show a, um, a level of understanding that um, while certain labels may not be applied to oneself, that still communities that, that, that share that sense of social stigma can come together and um, display solidarity and show that um, there, is, there is understanding as to specific situations. As to how it was handled, um, I can't really speak to um, a lot of hypotheticals, but I truly think that um, while an invasion of privacy such as that is traumatizing to begin with, it's completely unacceptable and um, an act that really, really does want leave one feeling violated. But at the same time, um, it's undeniable that there is an extra external social stigma attached to the act that was going on, regardless of how anyone identifies themselves. Um, society as a whole uh, looks upon certain acts as unequal, and um, in certain cases, people within that society attach stigma, attached their discrimination, their bigotry, their hatred attached to certain acts. I don't know how it would have played out. I don't know how it would have been any different, but it's undeniable that the fact that not only did a violation of privacy happen, but it was a violation of privacy on an act that, uh, to a large extent, society still disapproves of and there's still um, vile, vile hatred of, as we've seen through some of the comments on the Internet. I think that a horrible, horrible, tragic situation was made worse by um, this extra stigma that was attached to it. Um, I don't think that um, the media... Would have or could have sensationalized it in a way that they have if he had not been identified by the media as a member of this community. Again, I don't know if he self identified, but it truly gives the media an extra, an extra, um, incentive as horrible as that word is in their minds to sort of sensationalize this story to uh, demonstrate oh this is this is an act of an intolerant society against a specific individual this is horrible And, and in fact it is horrible but the fact that the media can use a label that they have applied to 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 a child really a young adult and use that to objectify and exploit a story is um very very troubling but um Again, I think it was that label that they applied that truly allowed them to sort of exploit the story and um, poster it everywhere, um, which is which is tragic.
0: Thank you very much. This week on Core of the Matter, the public affairs forum of 90.3 The Core, we explored the issue of homophobia in the digital age, as well as the specific issue of the suicide of Tyler Clemente that culminated on September 29 with the discovery of his body near the George Washington Bridge. That spans New York and New Jersey. And this is 90.3 The Core. Thank you very much, Jose Santiago and Andy Stubbs. You have been lovely guests today. And uh, just as a very, very last comment on this interview today, where can any LGBT students go uh, with student groups, uh, with specifically your student group, in order to be able to suss out these kinds of issues that they're dealing with as well?
1: Um, I can speak mostly on behalf of Big Any student who wishes to join us, we meet every Wednesday at 910 in Voorhees Hall, room 105, I believe. Um, as soon as you step inside Voorhees Hall, though, you'll see our big gay flag. Um, so that'll be where Big Leroux is. But you can also go to Jago. Um, which is the um, LGBT student organization of color they do accept any color it, you do not have to be um, Latino or African American to go to their meetings they're very awesome people very accepting so I encourage anyone to go to their meeting as well they meet on Tuesday nights I believe at eight o'clock in the clack which is right to the right of all bomb pan anybody would like to go there and if anybody has any other questions or needs to get in contact with anyone, you can go to um, the social justice education website, um, which is socialjustice.ruckers.edu. Um, and there's a lot of people there that can help you with those things. Thank you, Caitlin.
0: Thank you, so Jose. And thank you, Andy. This is Core of the Matter on 90.3 The Core. I've been speaking with Jose Santiago and Andy Stubbs about the issue of cyberbullying and homosexuality in the digital age as it relates to the story of Tyler Clemente, a Rucker freshmen. Jose and Andy are both members of the student-run LGBTQIA organization on Rutgers campus called Big LaRue. If you have any questions about today's show or you'd like to suggest a topic for a future show, email Public Affairs Director at thecore.fm. I'm Caitlin Balch and you've been listening to The Core of the Matter on 90.3 The Core. Opinions expressed on the core of the matter are those of the participants only, and not necessarily those of WVPHFM or
2: Rutgers University.